got car trouble. Now's the time to talk with Jerry on the Simmons Car Care Shop Talk Show. Call in now at 719-1490. Well, if you're one of the millions who own one of them gas-drinking, piston clanking, air-polluting, smoke-belching, four-wheeled buggies from Detroit City, then pay attention. I'm about to sing your song, son. All right, welcome back to the second hour of the Simmons Car Care Shop Talk Show right here in beautiful Tucson, Arizona. A little nippy out there, but it's all right. It's all right. We could It could be worse. We could be in the Midwest or the Northwest or Northeast or any place but Tucson, actually, and probably Southern Florida. But welcome back. I'm Jerry Simmons, your host, along with me. Also is uh, Jim Mooney from Frontier Towing, the owner of Frontier Towing. And we got a special guest coming on, Scott. Scott from Parker Automotive. Good morning, Scott. Good morning, Jerry. How are you? I'm doing fine. Glad you could join us this morning. Appreciate it, man. Well, thanks for having me. All right. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. Now, now. I want you pleasure. Oh, well, I'm I'm looking forward to it. We're going to have a lot of fun with you. Uh, they listen to me all the time, and every now and then it's nice to have somebody like you or uh, Brian to come on, and we can get. So right now we've got Jim Mooney with Frontier Towing, who's a, been a regular uh, co-host on this program for the last couple of years, and uh, you. Now, I talked to you a little bit this week. We are talking about automatic transmissions, and I ask you the question about the transmission, the non-serviceable transmission. So what I want to do is go into what you see at Parker Automotive being on that front counter, and you, we can start by what do you think is the number one thing that people don't do to their vehicles now? You know, I think everybody uh, is real familiar with changing their engine oil. But they, they tend to forget about the other fluids, uh, as you guys have been talking about, coolant systems, uh, transmission fluids, power steering fluids, brake fluids. And, it, and it's up to us to educate the customer and, uh, and, and remind them that there are other fluids. Uh, and, Jerry, you and I have said it before, the first part of any hydraulic failure and 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 I think Jim from uh, Frontier would agree is the breakdown of fluids. Once the fluid breaks down, it loses the lubricating properties, and then parts start to break, and that's when it becomes expensive. Exactly, uh, we agree one hundred percent. Now, uh, when you do, uh, you get a car in there, and it's for service, whether it be an oil. Let's just take an oil change, something simple. And you've got a vehicle in for oil change. What else do you check at Parker Automotive on that vehicle when that thing is there? 
You know, thanks for asking that because we do, uh, we don't call it a oil change. It's an oil service. And the first Thank thing you. that we do is we check the alignment of the vehicle. We have a state-of-the-art, uh, what we call the Hunter alignment machine, and I'm capable of telling you if your car is out of alignment or not. Uh, then the uh, technicians will obviously rack the car. And we do an electronic, um, I'm going to label it as a 30-point inspection, um, check and top-off fluids, check the brakes, uh, we check the hoses, we look at the belts, um, we, we, if uh, we can see a sticker when the timing belt was replaced. If there's no sticker, we, we will question the, the, the customer, has it been done yet? Um, we look for uh, the rear differential fluid. We look at the transmi- automatic transmission fluid. Um, if it's a truck, we're looking at uh, the front differential, the transmission, the transfer case. They set the tire pressures, uh, including the spare tire. Boy, that's one that's always forgotten. Um, and, and really just a, a, a very, very thorough inspection, and then in today's world, most of us have smartphones, and I have the capability of sending that entire inspection to your smartphone, and and we categorize it pretty easy. Green, yellow, red. Green is good to go. Mm -hmm. Yellow is something we're going to keep an eye on that may be marginal, and red, uh, me and the customer are going to talk about it today. Uh, and, And then once it's sent to the customer, it's sent via text message. And in the text message is a link. They open the link. They open the inspection. And then, Jerry, this is the other very neat thing that we do is all of our technicians have tablets. And if, if I need the customer to see something, they take a picture of it. And, again, I attach that picture. So if I, uh, uh, you said it earlier about colors of fluid, uh, we have a little tray and we have brand new fluid on the left and your fluid color on the right. And if we see transmission fluid is turning brown, starting to look like engine flu, uh, uh, engine oil, and it's supposed to be brilliant pink, that's going in the red and we're going to talk about it. And that's, uh, our, our oil service really is a solid 45 minutes um, because we are looking over that vehicle uh, very thoroughly. And that's how we do it there. And, uh, and it's, a, it's really uh, that old saying, a picture is a thousand words. Boy, that's so true because a lot of people don't understand what, what we're trying to get across to them. They're not mechanical. But when you attach a picture to it, you know, when you attach a picture of a axle boot that's split open, well, that pretty much explains it right there. So that's what we do, Jerry, and we're, we're, we're uh, very, very thorough about it. And then uh, just to throw in there, whatever you choose to do at Parco Automotive, we give you a three-year, 36,000-mile nationwide warranty. So very state-of-the-art company. Yep. All right, that's good. I'm glad you touched on it. it's not an oil change, it's an oil service. And yeah, that's what you need to be looking for when you go in. 
And people, you know, I, and I've talked to them over the years. Of course, I've been in since Carter was making liver pills. But uh, <laughs> people will tell me, yeah, yeah, I, I have a service on a regular basis. And where do you have a service? Well, they'll take it to a quickie uh, lube establishment. At least they're getting the oil changed. Okay, that's good. But when you know the difference between the two, you know, you go in and you, you take off an oil filter, you drain it, take off an oil filter, put another oil filter, fill it back up with oil. Hopefully you check it for leaks after you fire it off. And uh, they they think that is oil, that's, an oil, that's service. That's service. You have to change the oil. That's all it was. It was just an oil change. And now they've gotten to where they actually check the air filter and they check the cabin air filter and stuff, which is good. It's good. You're supposed to do that. And But we've been doing it forever. And you've been doing it forever. And Brian at Automotive Special has been doing it forever. So we don't have to go back and say, okay, well, uh, when you change the oil, you, you, the oil changing process is you drain the fluid. You change your oil filter. You put a new oil filter on it. Hopefully, you get the old oil, the old seal out of the uh, <laughs> housing before you put the second seal in it and cause a leak. But then you just fill it up with oil, slap it on the bumper, send it on its way. That's an oil change. An oil service gets a little more in depth than that. Like like you were saying, like Mike does it at Parker Auto. I mean Scott does it over there. Uh, Mike Mike's the owner. And we don't let him touch anything out there anymore. He just has to stay out of the way and let the guys handle it. <laughs> but um, I think that's absolutely great. Now, let's get into a little bit of automatic transmissions. Um, there's ways to improve automatic transmission life. What would your version of ways to improve automatic transmission life? Let's, let's hear what you got to say about that. Talk to you just like you're talking to me. You know, and you guys touched on it uh, in, in your first hour. One of them is to maintain the cooling system because the transmission fluid is is cooled uh, by that uh, cooling system. And, and how it works is basically there's a bladder inside of a bladder. So the bladder for the transmission fluid runs through the radiator, and then the radiator coolant is what maintains the proper temperature of the transmission fluid. So keeping your cooling system uh, uh, up to snuff and keeping uh, replacing that coolant, as you said in the first hour, is vitally important. Um, then the other one, as I said earlier, the first part of any hydraulic failure is the trans uh, is the is the breakdown of the fluid. So, for all practical purposes, as a general statement, we recommend to replace the transmission fluid uh, every thirty thousand miles or or less, uh, because the fluid does break down, and when the fluid gets heated up cooled down, heated up, cooled down, particularly where we live, we're labeled as an extreme environment, uh, the, the transmission fluid breaks down and you lose the lubricating properties. Uh, and that's vital. Once the lubricating properties go away, then the transmission starts to do an internal failure. 
And then this is even a little more important on today's what we call the CVT transmission, which is called the constant velocity transmission. Um, it's, it's a little bit more important to do that one uh, even on a, on a um, sooner than 30,000 miles uh, just by the way they operate. It's just a different breed inside. Most of these uh, hybrid vehicles, are coming out with the CVT transmission. And, and so the, the really the, the answer to your question is we need to stay on top of the fluid so we maintain the lubricating properties of these fluids and you don't have transmission failure um, because transmission failure is expensive, plain and simple. There's nothing cheap about it, uh, but can be done. Um, as Jerry, you and I talked about, I, I had a customer call me she said, Scott, I have uh, I have good news and bad news. And I said, uh-oh, what's going on? She says, well, remember when I brought my vehicle in, the transmission was actually slipping, and I had recommended to do a transmission fluid exchange uh, because her fluid was not in good shape, and I told her. It's, I, I can't promise it's going to fix it, but, but I think it's absolutely worth a shot. And she called me and said, you know what? It fixed it 100%. She says, that's good news. The bad news is my vehicle was stolen. Do you know where there's a good car for sale? And, and uh, I said, oh, I'm so sorry. But, but the, the point being is that transmission fluid exchange fixed her transmission, Jerry. That's right. That's right. Do you got it? You know, when you do the transmission flush on your transmission, uh, what kind of additives do you go in with that? I know we discussed that. Great, what do you use great question. as a transmission so, service? Great question, Jerry. We use the BG product, and when we do a transmission fluid exchange, we, uh, our, our, we hook the vehicle up to a machine that house has a bladder full of 12 quarts of brand-new fluid, and next to it is an empty bladder. And they add a um, cleaner to the transmission, which is made by the BG Corporation, and it, the cleaner cleans any varnishing um, off the transmission uh, uh, valve body, the inner parts, the moving parts of the... Uh, of the transmission, and this cleaner cleans the parts and suspends the uh, the uh, cleaning agent in the fluid, and we run it for about 10 minutes, if I'm not mistaken, and um, then they open a valve, and this new, all this new fluid slowly goes inlet to the transmission and slowly pushes the old fluid out. That's what the empty bladder is for. And we are removing 100% of the old transmission fluid with brand new transmission fluid. Then when the machine, it, it, our machine weighs out this fluid, when the machine sees that the transmission is completely full with new fluid, um, it will tell us we'll turn the machine off, we disconnect it, we check the fluid level manually, and then we put a conditioner in there, and that conditioner helps prevent this varnish buildup 
inside the transmission, giving it longevity for the next 30,000 miles or less. And that's how we do it. And then um, the BG company also is, if I'm not mistaken, uh, if it's, uh, it's 95 or 75,000 miles or less, if you get on this program, BG, if you ever have a transmission failure, BG will um, help you uh, uh, fix it by uh, giving you an X amount of money. And my, my co-worker, Ryan, he's really up on the warranty stuff, and, and it's a program that we can get the vehicle in. And if you maintain the services 30,000 miles or less, BG will maintain this warranty after 100,000 miles. So it's a, it's a fabulous program to have. Now, CVT transmission, that's a little bit different breed of warranties. And again, my coworker, Ryan, knows far more about it. So you could give us a call over there and, and ask for myself or, or Ryan. But it's, it's a, it's absolute fantastic system. And as I said in my story about the, uh, the lady that called me, we have actually fixed transmission by just the fluid exchange. I agree with that 100%. I've, I've, I've done, the one that pops into my mind is the F-150 Forge. Uh, all right, and staying with uh, automatic transmission life, this is one thing. You change your driving habits with lower gears when you're loaded. Even on my diesel, in the owner's manual, it says when you're towing, hit the button and move it down to fifth gear, and that'll save on the transmission. And then maintaining engine performance, maintaining engine performance. Everything is computerized now. The way the engine goes, so goes the, trans the transmission because you're all one big module now. Uh, I've seen it to where you can have a bad running trans uh, engine and the transmission will be searching for gears because when the computer says, okay, we need to change gears, the computer looks at the engine and says, I don't think so. I don't have enough power to spare from the engine to put you in this next gear. And so it goes back down. It keeps dropping down. And people automatically think, well, the transmission's going up and down. There's got to be something wrong with the transmission. Not anymore. Used to, yeah, probably, but not anymore. I remember years ago with the Chrysler Corporation, you knew when to change your transmission fluid because it wouldn't go in reverse. You'd fire it up, and it didn't want yeah. to go in reverse. And you just go change the transmission fluid. Everything worked fine, but we don't have that anymore. If you don't maintain the, the engine performance on it, it'll bite you in the rear end and give you false readings and you'll you'll misinterpret what it's actually trying to tell you. The other thing I thought was amazing is proper alignment of your tires. And you go, oh, my gosh, how can that affect the transmission? People, if it don't roll straight down the road, you're putting an extra load on the powertrain. It has to push those sliding front tires <laughs> down the road. And now we got four-wheel independent suspension, so you're pushing four wheels down the road with alignment out on them. And one is going to wear your tires out, but that's okay. There's a tire sale somewhere or another. You know, buy three, get one free. However, if you want to save fuel, save your car, your running gear, 
have the front end aligned. And that's another thing you omitted to say. I think that you guys actually do a front end alignment check every time one comes in. Is that not correct? Yeah, yeah, we do. That's the first thing uh, we do is uh, an alignment check. And and I agree with you about the uh, the alignment. If the alignment's out, it gives resistance, and your engine's going to work a whole lot harder. The transmission's going to work a whole lot harder. And um, the other thing about uh, go back to the transmission fluid. This is vital for people, as you already said it, Jerry, that have trucks that tow uh, or carry a big load or uh, have the trailer, uh, the the travel trailer and the boat. This is even more vital uh, to, to uh, maintain that transmission fluid. And and the other one is where we live. Um, sometimes in June and July, we start out at 110 degrees. It never has a chance to cool down. Um, so back to it. Uh, Jerry, what I tell my customers is a little bit of maintenance all the time. Not one big hurrah every three years. The average person um, does three to four oil changes a year. That gives us three to four opportunities a year to look at your vehicle and maintain it. And um, vehicles aren't cheap anymore. They're pretty darn expensive right now. So maintaining it is even more vital. Well, the average cost of a vehicle is $43,000 now, give or take a dollar. But uh, that's that's the average price, and then you look at the used ones. The used ones up twenty nine percent, and the new ones. I mean, if you're going to go buy a F one fifty Ford, for example, and get it with the you know the, most of the bells and whistles, you're up sixty five thousand dollars, and that's all, across the board. Dodge, Chevy, Ford, you know, Toyota. Anything out there is really expensive now. The only way to get it, and I'll go back to what I said the first hour, even if you buy a brand new car, you still have to maintain it. And so that's the, the just of this. Uh, how about if I put bigger tires on my vehicle, what does that do to the transmission? That, that makes it work harder. Uh, there's more weight. Uh, there's no doubt that, uh, again, back to the sort of the same concept of when the alignment's out, there's more uh, more friction, more resistance, and it, it loads up the, uh, um, the vehicles and the transmission itself has to work harder just to rotate the bigger tires. Um, sometimes it's not a good idea to go to these, uh, put monster tires on these trucks. Uh, we find that transmissions wear out. Wheel bearings wear out uh, uh, prematurely, if you will, sooner than if you left it what, uh, at the size that the manufacturer states. Because most of the new vehicles, um, if you open the driver's door, has a tire uh, plate. And it tells you the size of the tire and the uh, tire pressure that you should run. And you really shouldn't uh, go much uh, bigger than what the manufacturer recommends, in, in my opinion, because it, it will put more wear and tear on it. Good answer. Good answer. Uh, the other one is uh, let's let's get into how do you how can you check your transmission fluid? Go ahead. You know, the, there used to be some, the, the older vehicles had their own dips 
stick uh, where you could lift the hood and um, and check it yourself. Those days are pretty well gone. Most there's there's several different ways the transmission fluid is checked, and basically a shop is going to have to do it. Um, some vehicles have the dipstick tube, but no dipstick, and we have a very special dipstick that we put in there at a certain temperature. Uh, you uh, check the fluid level. Some of them, um, you have to lift the vehicle up, and there's a, uh, a what's called a stand pipe inside the transmission fluid, and when you take out the plug, you fill up the transmission fluid, uh, fill the transmission up with fluid until it starts dripping out the this, this stand pipe, and then you put the plug in. You need, a, uh, you need to crawl underneath the vehicle or put it up in the air. Uh, some of them, um, the, um, there, there is no way to check it. You, the machine will weigh the fluid coming out, and we'll weigh the fluid going in, and that's how that fluid is checked. So every vehicle is a little bit different. Uh, some of the um, vehicles have a little teeny, teeny, short little dipstick that's way down on the engine. Sometimes you can't even reach it, but, but that's how you do it. So the old, I can lift the hood and check it in my driveway, isn't necessarily true anymore. They're, they've they've changed that whole uh, way of checking fluids, Jerry. All right. Now you were talking about a plug on a, some of the front wheel drive axles, I think. And you go down and there's a little what is it a, a three quarter inch plug inside of something, and you actually take a ratchet and back it out. Yeah. So if you could imagine that, um, there's a straw inside the uh, transmission that's about, let's just call it, you know, four inches tall. And on the bottom of the straw is this plug. Well, if the fluid level's low, you're not going to have any fluid drip out of the plug. And as the fluid level rises, as you fill it, once it gets to the top of the straw, it'll start to dribble out, and that's when you know it's full, and you put the plug in. It's called the standpipe system, if you will. But I, I, I try to give you the, the uh, analogy of the straw, because that's basically sure. what it looks like inside the transmission. So you fill it up mm-hmm. until it dribbles out. Once it dribbles out, you put that plug in, and you're good to go. All right. Now, I talked to you a little bit the other day about, okay, I've got a transmission, and it's a non-serviceable transmission. Explain that to the public and what you theoretically, because I, and my, my question was, if you change your transmission, how are you going to get oil in this thing? So uh, every vehicle, yeah, every vehicle is a little bit different, but one of the ways is a lot of these, uh, quote unquote, non-serviceable transmissions actually has a thermostat housing underneath the vehicle, and there's an inlet and an outlet line, and that's where the, uh, back to the BG product we use, we use the BG machine, and we will take the fittings off this uh, thermostat, 
and connect our, our transmission uh, machine in line here, and then that back to the it weighs the fluid in and out. And that quote-unquote is how you service the non-serviceable transmission. There, there is a way around it, but the, 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 the regular consumer can't do it. You, you need this special equipment, and that's where Parker right. comes in. We have all this state-of-the-art special equipment to maintain mm-hmm. your non-serviceable transmission. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, I, I know that, you know, of course, we have it at Simmons, and Brian has it, and you have it. That's reading your advertising on this program. Uh, one, because I know a little bit, in fact, I know a lot about Parker Automotive. And uh, I just, you know, the engineers designed this stuff, but when you get out on the road or you get out to the independent garages and they say, okay, this is what they handed us, this is, chicken crap so let's make chicken soup out of it you hand you a lemon you make lemonade and that's what i like about the independence because they can pretty much figure out anything that uh can keep you on the road i have a problem i personally have a problem with a transmission that you can't service i think it's an injustice because i don't know of a single case that i can think of uh in arizona where you need a vehicle that you can't service that transmission because the road temperatures that you mentioned 110 degrees when you get in the vehicle, that's just the ambient temperature. That's not the road surface coming off a blacktop. That'll be up around 150, 160 degrees, and that's what you're going to be driving over. So you're supposed to cool this thing down, and yet you're driving over a furnace. And so that that always bothered me, but that's just me. Of course, I'm old. Uh, but the torque the torque on the transmissions when people get into uh, putting plugs in aluminum cases or what's that other case that the transmissions are made of Uh, some of the four wheel drives have them Uh, oh it'll come to me in a minute but it's like aluminum but I've seen people and the plugs on the bottom of a pan on a normal oil change when you're doing an oil change, I see uh, loop places can rip those out. They used to rip them out on a daily basis, but they got a little better since then. But you've got uh, all the all the components used on engines these days are a lighter grade of steel, or they're aluminum. And when you go in with a plug that's supposed to be torqued at 10 foot pounds. That's all you torque it, 10 foot-pounds. You don't put 20 foot-pounds on it. If you do, you're going to stretch the plug, stretch the threads inside the pan. I had a diesel that I took in and had the oil change in it, and I couldn't get it into the shop because they were busy in the son of a gun. And so I took it to another place, and they changed the oil on it. Next morning I get up, and I've got about uh, two quarts of uh synthetic motor oil laying on the garage floor. Now, I reach under there, and I look, and there's a little paint mark on the side of the cap, uh, the plug. And I'm going, why would you put a paint mark on the side of this plug? Well, it's so that if the consumer changes or, or loosens that plug up or twists it out, you've got no threads left inside the pan, which only has two threads to start with, uh, then it's uh, it's his fault. Well, I reached under there finger tight and, 
and just got to hold the plug and it turned right out. And then I put, put it back in finger tight. Even at finger tight, I could still just rotate that plug. So I took it back in and the guy said, well, that's impossible. And I said, no, because I had the plug in my hand. I said, I told you when you were doing this thing, please don't use an impact wrench. Here is the scar mark from an impact wrench. You ripped it out, you put it back in, and then you put that stupid paint on there just to try to, so you have a way out. That's not how it works. You're supposed to do it right. But anyway, he said, well, we'll take it back and we'll fix it. No, you won't. I've already fixed it. I took it to a shop and I knew was going to fix it. But on the General Motors product, they have that plug sticking in a, in a little metal plate inside the pan that's about a two-inch by two-inch. It's only there, and it's spot-welded in, to hold that plug in place. That's, that's its job, at 10 foot-pounds, not 25 or 30. And so for the people that are, are running these things or doing it by yourself at home, you just, if you've got a torque wrench, use it. Just take it in. You can go to Google and find out any of the torque specs on anything you want to find out. But don't just rip it out and then rip it in and say, okay, it's tight. It, it's tight? Yeah, it probably is. You've got all the threads on the inside balled up. So it's not leaking right now until the heat gets to it, and then it's going to expand, and then it's going to have a leaking problem. That's what happened to mine. So for the ones of you out there, just do it yourselfers. Just remember, the 55 Chevrolet had a much thicker pan than the 2005 or 2021. It's not the same. You have to pay attention. So, all right, I'm off my soapbox now. All right, what other things can we do to the, uh, all right, so we've got the, Changing the fluid in the non-serviceable transmission, which I was glad to hear because a lot of people ask me, what do you, what do you, what do you do with these? And I wasn't sure. I figured I could hook up the big machine and flush it out because as long as you've got a couple of lines coming out there, you can flush about anything. However, on the Mopar, no, it's brakes on the Mopar where you have to actually activate the, uh, solenoid in order to open it up so you can get all the brake fluid out. But, um, what else you got to say about that system, the automatic transmissions? So, Jerry, if I, I want to touch on one. Jerry, let me touch on one thing that you brought up right back to the, the oil plug. One thing at Parker mm-hmm. we do is every single uh, oil plug gets a new washer. And on a lot of the manufacturers, they're called crush washers. And that's what seals it. But there's, there's a hidden reason is once the washer is crushed, that plug is considered tight so you don't over torque it and pull the threads out. And that's the whole point. They're one time use washers. So we replace the washers on uh, every, every oil change for that reason. A, so we don't pull the threads out and B, we don't have a leaking plug. Uh, because most of these uh, oil pans today are are uh, made of aluminum, and even the steel pans uh, have a brass insert of threads, so it's it's the weaker metal. So that's why we uh, yep. we use uh, oil pan drain plugs on every single vehicle for that reason right there. Salvage the threads, and we don't have a leak. 
Yeah, you don't have a leak. You don't have to go back in it and replace it. I looked at it for um, having to replace the oil pan because of the way it was designed. And what we did, we used a rubber plug. Found a rubber plug for it, stuck that son of a gun in there, and it worked perfect. But it had, it, we also, I think we used a washer on it too, just to put a little bit of torque to it and just pushed it in. And then, of course, it down at the shop, it's sitting on a rack. And so we'd fire the diesel up and let it run for about 15 minutes and check it for oil leaks because I wanted to see because we don't know, we don't put rubber plugs in nothing unless we test it and I can find out that it works. And if it works, fine. But I don't want it bouncing out when I go down the road. <laughs> That could be catastrophic. That, so that's we actually did it and got away with it. And that's not the you know, way I'd recommend doing it. We don't use the rubber plugs either. Mm-hmm. So, if, if, you know, if you're out in the middle of boondocks and the only thing you've got is a rubber plug in your toolbox and you need to put oil in it, you want to put it in and the oil plug. That, when I'm talking that rubber plug, I'm talking about something that you have to actually use a applicator on the center of the rubber plug and push it in because you can't just think, well, I'm just going to push it in, it's going to stay. We actually push it on in. And it was it was a rubber plug that actually had, like, reverse barbs on it, so when you push it in, it, it grips, and it did a good job, did a good job. So I just, you know, it did, and I drove it for about two years like that. It was search and rescue and stuff, so it was good. It, it worked out for me. But like I said, it didn't come from a manufacturer like that, people. And I highly recommend that you don't do it. It's good for a temporary if you got to get out of the field and that's the only way you can slow down the oil leak or stop the oil leak, then do it. But when you get back in, see if you can't have that thing fixed like it's supposed to be. And there's a lot of stuff out there on the market that I've seen. There's adjustable plugs like we used to use for freeze plugs. That style, uh, you can put it in. But you got to remember, you don't know if those freeze plug seals if it has, if it's compatible to the type of liquid that's actually flowing by the seal to actually eat it up and spit it out. So unless you do like I do, I test everything. So, but you've got to own a shop if you plan on testing everything because I've been bitten the butt on one because I used uh, additive that uh, I was testing for uh, Pima Association of Government and put it in the oil. And it took the seal out of the um, camshaft on a diesel. Well, it's a one-piece camshaft. You can't just pull the cap off of it, replace the seal, put the cap back on it, and you're good to go. Uh-uh. you got to pull the engine apart, pull the camshaft out, take the seal off. The seal, I think, was $6 or $7. Put a seal on that son of a gun and then put the whole engine back together. That took almost 12 hours of shop time to do that just because I wanted to test a product. So don't do it unless you own your own shop. Um, all right, what what else would you like to add to the service uh, and how to keep your car running, how to keep your transmission, anything you want to come up with? Go ahead. You know, I think one of the fluids that's overlooked is um, brake fluid. Um, brake fluid is what's called a hydroscopic fluid, which which plainly means it 
pulls moisture out of the air and suspends it in the fluid. And then what that does is it drops the flash point. And here's what I mean. Uh, well, this is a true story. Customers coming down Mount Lemon and starts to lose their brakes. The brake pedal became very soft. So they pulled over and they called me and said, Scott, you know, we, we're losing our brake pedal. It's getting all mushy on me. We're coming down Mount Lemon. So I told them, I said, um, stay put and wait about a half hour and see if before you start coming back down the mountain, see if um, your brake pedal returns to normal. Obviously, if it doesn't, we're going to call a tow truck and go get you. And I said, when you start coming back down the mountain, use the transmission as much, the transmission gears as much as you can and use your brakes as normal. Um, and they did. They came down the mountain. When they got to me, they said, funny thing is, the brake pedal's working perfect right now. Well, what happened was, as they're coming down the mountain, the brake pads are being compressed against the brake rotor coming down a mountain grade. It produces a lot of heat, and the heat is transferred through the brake fluid. And then what happens, because there's too much moisture content in the brake fluid, the brake fluid actually starts to boil, and it's easier to compress little tiny air bubbles than a hydraulic system. And so the fix is we flush out the brake system 100%, put all new fluid in it, and bleed the system. And, again, this is one of those fluids that, A, we can test, and the recommended we recommend at Parker Automotive uh, to, to service that fluid at that 30,000-mile increment. And when I say we test it, it looks just like a pH strip. You know, it turns a certain color when we dip it in the fluid. And uh, when it turns that certain color, what it means is that the brake fluid moisture content is too high, okay? And the other, the other end of this, uh, the other side of this coin is moisture in the brake system causes corrosion. The, the brake calipers have pistons that when you press on the brake pedal, it pushes the piston out. Um, well, you can cause corrosion if you have moisture on that uh, piston. And also moisture deteriorates the seals in, uh, in the caliper, the brake caliper, and or what we call the wheel cylinder and the brake master cylinder. They all have seals. They all have moving parts. So it is highly recommended to have the uh, serve, uh, brake fluid tested, and when it fails the test, we service it for you. And this is vital for people that tow trailers. We actually will cut it in half. I recommend if you have a travel trailer or a boat, as I do, um, or a utility trailer, you're a contractor pulling a trailer every single day, I recommend to do that brake fluid every 15,000 miles because if you're coming down a, a mountain grade of any sort, you're going to get brake pain. And that's a scary thing. And uh, that story I told you is very true. And that customer, we took care of their brake fluid and problem was solved.
I remember servicing the Lincoln Continental. That uh, lady said, when I drive through the parking lot and I have my foot covered on the, the brake pedal, I feel a pulsation. And she said, I had it in, had all the brakes checked, everything is perfect. And I said, when's the last time you changed the brake fluid? And she said, I didn't know I was supposed to. And I said, okay, uh, take it to some to a, any place, take it to your garage and tell them you want the brake fluid changed. She took it to the garage the next week. She had the brake fluid changed, and then coming back to the meeting that I was in because it was a business club member, uh, she said, I have no pulsation in the brake pedal again. It's all working like it's supposed to. And all I did was that thing that you told me to, I just had the fluid changed. I said, if it's liquid and it's in a car, change it. Just change it. You know, it's made to be changed because I don't see anything that lasts forever. Brake fluid, transmission fluid, uh, power steering fluids, another thing you need to consider uh, because that works hard too. And when you turn lock to lock on a power steering, you can put up to 5,000 PSI on that system. So don't turn it lock to lock. You, it, it'll go around. And another thing on uh, steering, believe it or not, you're not even supposed to turn the wheel until the wheels are actually moving. It takes some of the power that's necessary to change it when it's sitting dead still. You don't need that kind of power. Once the tire is actually rotating, it'll turn. So that'll save you a little bit of aggravation on the power steering fluid. I got to get a couple of uh, ads in here real quick before time. I'm watching the clock and we're running down. LensAuterBrokerage.com. LensAuterBrokerage.com. They're located 2101 North Stone Avenue if you want to kick a tire. 628-7500. You can... For for if for a good quality used vehicle, and when you get one, you're going to pay pretty good money for it. If it qualifies for extended warranty, just get the extended warranty because you don't. It's not that much compared to an engine or a transmission, so you might want to check that out. DesertRV.com uh, is also a division of uh, Lens, and DesertRV.com. You just Google it. It's a good website specializes in toy haulers so you can find out what's available there uh automotive specialist mr test first don't guess uh everything that scott's talked about this morning everything that i've talked about this morning or jim has talked about this morning except i don't think brian works on the big 18 wheelers uh automotive specialist they're located on the northwest side of tucson excellent shop uh, located 3611 West Einer Road, Suite 101, Meredith and Einer in the Bookman's Plaza. 572-1734 is his business number. Brian's personal sale is 237-3852. Absolutely a top-rated shop on the, on the far west side. You've got another top-rated shop, and we're talking to Scott right now, Parker Automotive. What's your address over at Parker Automotive, Scott, and the phone number? 5101 East Speedway, area code 520-323-1960, and we're on the northeast corner of Rosemont and Speedway. Got a beautiful shop over there, too. That phone number again is 323-1960. So if you have any questions for Scott, or Parker Automotive, or you can get, you'll either get Scott or Ryan, uh, just give him a call over, 323-1960. You've heard him enough to know he knows what he's talking about. Uh, 
And that's the reason that he is one of the sponsors of the Simmons Car Care Show, because if I refer somebody over to Parker, which I do, if we're buried and we can't get to them, I just send them to Parker because I know they're going to be treated. If you're way over on the west side, I'll send you to Brian Fuller's place because I know you're going to be treated with respect and with a super shop, both. So you've got three shops on the Simmons Car Care that can pretty much take care of anything. And uh, as Scott said earlier, but he didn't elaborate on his front-end machine. He's got a front-end machine, state-of-the-art front-end machine, like Brian Fuller has, like Simmons has. And these things are really, really good machines. Four-wheel alignments, four-wheel alignments with uh, electric uh, steering that you have to reset when you get into it. I've got a, a lot of information on electric steering systems, resets, the ex- explanation to it. It's quite, quite, quite unique because every time you do an alignment, you change what the computer's used to seeing, and then you have to reset the computer so it'll know that oh, we got we got new values set here now, so we need to pay attention to it, and that's how the computers work. But I want to get back to the engine runnability and cooling. We're just about well, we got about ten minutes. We're on engine runnability and transmissions. If you're towing, Scott told you, I've told you, Brian will tell you, uh, when you're towing, that vehicle has just come out of the normal operating range and it's gone into severe duty. If you're towing up a mountain with a diesel that has automatic transmission or a gas burner that has automatic transmission, diesel, you need to run between 2,100 and 2,400 RPM. You don't wait until it pulls down to 1,600, then pull it down a gear because it may not pick it back up, depending on what kind of torque you got on these things. But you want to go into that mountain. If you see a big hill coming up, kick it down a notch. Take it out of overdrive. Let it pull in direct drive and get up that mountain. One, it'll take the stress off the powertrain. It won't lug it. Your transmission won't be slipping in and out of gear all the way up a hill, creating additional heat. Because remember, the heat from a transmission goes into the radiator, it picks it up in a radiator, and now you have an engine temperature that's starting to climb, too. If your engine temperature starts to climb while you're towing, you can bet your hind end that the temperature in the transmission is already getting up there. Uh, some of the trucks or vehicles have transmission uh, temperature gauges on them, and some of them don't. So the only gauge you got is what your temperature gauge in your vehicle shows if you have a ford truck they never or don't ever don't let me correct that most of the time they stay in the middle of the dial or a little bit below but when you get to pulling i can tell you when you think that transmission gauge or the engine coolant gauge is not working and that sucker goes all the way past to the red on the right hand side and you're pulling with a turbo, and you're pulling at high RPMs, your EGTs in the turbo are out of specs, your transmission fluid is out of specs, and it just depends on how new your transmission fluid is, and the type of motor oil and the cooling system will tell you how long that vehicle is going to last before you get to the summit up some of the big, long hills that they've got. So when the temperature starts climbing, just remember, that's only for showing, if you don't have a, a transmission gauge, that's only 
for the engine, and the engine is picking up the residual from the transmission fluid coming up in there into the radiator because now it's got double duty. And if you're overheating, you're overheating more in one place. Just remember that. Differential fluid, you need to change that stuff. If you tow, this is what my original schedule on my 06 Dodge was for heavy towing, and I did a lot of heavy towing to that, is when you get 15,000 miles, I would send it in, I would have the transmission, transfer case, and the differential fluid changed every 15,000 miles. Never had a breakdown while towing, as long as I did that. I'd get up to the rodeo grounds, and there'd be a guy there that hadn't had his transmission or differential differential fried. Uh, and I said, did you change your transmission, your differential fluid? Well, no. How many miles you got on that thing? 170,000. In 1996, I think it was, or it may have been a little earlier, but I don't, I, I'm just going to say 96 because they took the uh, took additive out of the transmission fluid, and we started seeing, I mean, differential, and we started seeing differential failures. And what happened if they deleted the chlorine because that's not safe for the environment? When they did that, it changed the composition of how long that differential gear lube actually lasted a vehicle. Well, people would drive it like they did with their older vehicle, and it would literally fry the, the differential in them. That was a $2,300, and then we had to buy housing for it because it warped the housing. So, you know, the fluids, if it's liquid, it's in your vehicle, Know where they're at. You can follow your owner's manual, your service guide, and you can find out where most of those fluids are. And if it's liquid, it needs to be serviced or at least checked to see what the condition is. And if you'll do that, you'll save yourself a lot of money, 40 to 50% over the length that you have your vehicle. If you protect it, you'll save that much money. There's still a difference in the breakdown and the preventive maintenance. Scott, what's your interpretation of breakdown and prevented? What's well, your the breakdown is when you have to call when you have to call the tow truck. That's a bad day. Um, and and to touch on uh, one thing that uh, is in the cooling system, uh, a we we can test the coolant. What we ultimately tested for is acidity. As the acidity rises, the anti-corrosion inhibitors drop, and you can have um, uh, corrosion buildup starting. And then another uh, recommendation, not every time but very often, is if you have an overheating system, uh, overheating situation on your cooling system, it's not unlikely I'm going to recommend a transmission service because, as we've said, when the coolant overheated, so did your transmission. So it's not uncommon Absolutely. for me to, to, to recommend uh, when we have an overheating situation, fix the, the cause, and as a protection, let's do the transmission uh, fluid exchange because we know it got hot. And, again, I've, I've always said to my, my customers, and, and there's a little bit of maintenance all the time, 
is what keeps your cars going for long, long periods of time. Exactly. Well, that's what my dentist told me. He said, if people would just get used to taking care of their teeth, they'll find out later on in life they don't have to replace them all. <laughs> and I'm going, that's, and he said, that's the same way that you tell them on the radio about the car. You have to exactly. service the vehicle. You have to service it. That's the only thing that when you get a warranty on a car, and I'll stress this again, it's your responsibility to maintain the vehicle the way the manufacturer recommends you maintaining that vehicle. If you give it an overshot, like it come with a paraffin base oil, and you and you step it up to uh, uh, a synthetic, a full synthetic, like most of your cars are running now, that's actually a plus. And people say, well, I can't do that because it's got a leaky valve cover. Well, it's going to leak. Fix the valve cover, then change it over. But you can you can do things now that they didn't even have the technology 20 years ago. In fact, technology changes every day, as we've already seen. Don't forget, uh, we're running out of time here. Don't forget to check your lights, which I know that Parker also checks all the lights. Simmons does, and so does Brian Fuller's place. So you've got the technology is there. All you have to do is their cars run better than they've ever run. But they have to be maintained to keep them running like that. So give them a chance. Get the carbon removed out of them. Give them a chance to run like they originally came from uh, the manufacturers. And if you'll do that, you'll be happy forever. Scott, we're out of time, buddy. I appreciate you coming on. Thank you very much. Once again, Scott is from Parker Automotive, 5101 East Speedway, 323-1970. And, of course, Jim, who didn't say a word during this hour. Uh, well, I could, towing. You, you guys did a great job. <laughs> yeah, Scott brought it home. That's good. I'm glad he come on. It, it, that's some good information on these things. If you have any questions, thanks, you thanks can for... call Frontier. Thanks, buddy. Uh, 748-1100, Frontier Towing. Uh, 323-19... 60 is Parker Automotive, and then I've already given you Brian's number. And until and until next week, God bless. We'll talk to you then. Bye-bye.